Massive episode today, guys, on the Almost Made a Podcast. Uh, we just finished filming with Diogo Ferreira. Yeah, he discussed his youth at Porto, what coaching is like at Western United, and an unbelievable footballing experience in Asia. Now, let's get straight into it. Welcome back to episode four of the Almost Made a Podcast, brought to you by Cultural Club, another huge guest. Uh, this episode, we have an ex-player, played for Brisbane Raw, Perth Glory, over 50 appearances for Melbourne Victory, played all over Asia, represented his country, and also had an up- upbringing in, uh, in Portugal for a massive club. Decent intro there. That's not bad, mate. Thanks for that. <laughs> you named the club, man. Please, well, oh, we'll get into that. Please welcome <laughs> Diogo Ferreira. What's going on, my friend? Thanks for having me, guys. No worries. No pleasure. It's uh, been a long time coming, but... Finally got you on. That's it. You're a busy man. <laughs> I am busy at the moment. <laughs> Very busy, man. Um, what's happening, man? What's new? Not much. Not much. Um, f- just football. As always, just takes over your life. So between, you know, Western United and obviously my own stuff still with DF football, I guess that takes up most of the time, man. And little one as well. So, yeah, that definitely <laughs> takes up your time there. Yeah. Well, football's still your life, obviously. 100%, yeah. Um, so current under-23s, Western United coach? Yeah. How are you finding it? It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's actually, it's a, it's a good transition into football, I think, as a coach, because you obviously, you're lucky enough that you've got kids that want to make it. Mm. So you get the buy-in automatically. And I guess, yes, there's pressure from the club because you need to produce players. That's what your role is. But I guess you don't have that like real cutthroat pressure of getting results because that's not what it's about at the end of the day. So I think it is a good little it's a good stepping stone for me in terms of, you know, where I kind of want to go in my coaching career. See, that would be different for me. Like, obviously, being a footballer, which we'll get into soon, it's always about being the best, right? Winning is everything. Mm-hmm. Then to see that other side of coaching where it's about development, how was, like, that transition like? Did you understand that straight away or was there a little bit of a, you know, learning curve? Yeah, look, at the end of the day, you still want to win. Yeah, and that's something that you still got to teach these kids because, unfortunately, from a young age yeah. You know, they're taught that if you play well, well done, pat on the back. You still, it's about results. And that's, you know, if we're going to speak about the difference between kids here in Australia to Europe, that's the difference there as well, man. They want to win. They've got that that hunger from a real young age. So still, don't get me wrong. For me, it's still about the results, of course. But ultimately, in this kind of setup, it's about producing play. So we finished one point short from getting promoted. But at the same time, so maybe not so successful in terms of we didn't achieve what we set out as a collective, but from that team, three kids got scholarships. So still a bit exactly. of a tick. And at the end of the day, I've always, and that's what I said at the start of the season, for me, as competitive as I am, and I am competitive, is, you know, any day of the week, I'll take a few scholarships over finishing on top, right. you know, because that is my, that's my job at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. So how does it work now with the uh, leagues? Because I know there was like a restructure. I'm like a bit lost with this. So to be know. honest, I'm so am I. To me, it's still, it's still MPL 1, MPL yeah. 2, but apparently it's a VPL, yeah, yeah. whatever, yeah. But with the youth league, remember there used to be the yeah. National Youth League. So how does it work now with the 23s? Do they play with the MPL? So we play in MPL. So last year, whatever it's changed now, we played in MPL 2. Right. Okay, so next okay. year I think now it's MPL 1 because then it's VPL, I don't know, exactly, or VPL 1 or whatever it is. Um, but there's no more National Youth League, which is a big shame to me. Because yeah, firstly, that was like, that's like to me when I was coming through, that was, those games were unbelievable. You're playing, you know, before curtain raises, before the yeah. senior team, 
you're getting players dropped down to your team that experienced players and you're playing against experienced players. Like I remember once, probably you guys don't know, don't remember this guy, but we played against Perth Glory. I was playing as a centre-back. I marked Eugene Daddy. Yeah, Eugene like, Daddy yeah, was yeah. meet at 90, man. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it's crazy, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So you get those good experiences yeah. as well yeah. and it gives you more games. Because yeah. at the moment we play 24 games a year, it's not enough. Not enough. It's not enough. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully that comes around soon. There's a bit of talk behind that it might. Oh, good. Do you have uh, aspiration for the future to be a first team coach or not really? You yeah, hundred percent. Really yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. To do? yeah. That's what I'm. You know, that's what I'm setting yeah, out. Sort of hundred percent. Yeah. But I know there's stepping stones, yeah, and you don't want to kind of yeah. jump too yeah. early. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hundred percent. That's okay. what I see in my future. Is it almost like becoming a professional? Same sort of, we will say pathway, but there's no real pathway. I mean, how do you, you know, how do you get to the top? It's it's funny you say that, man, because it is. It's just it's just different. It's actually more work probably mm. than being professional. The only difference is I don't walk around with a drink bottle all the time because I don't need to be hydrated <laughs> anymore. Um, that's probably the only difference. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not watching what I eat as yeah. much. But in terms of the the, it's it's crazy. The commitment and responsibility is probably it's, more, to be honest. It's crazy. You, as a player, you worry about yourself yeah. in a way. Yeah. Now you've got the responsibility of the collective. 100%. You know I mean? And especially so, when you're dealing with kids' yeah. futures. You know what I mean? You're dealing with their futures and you know that you can help this kid achieve what he wants or get the best out of him or or not, depending what you put in, you know, like it's, it's a 24, it's actually a 24 oh, okay. hour thing. Like I'm speaking to my wife all the time and lucky I'm good at doing two things yeah. at once, but, you got but the- I'm speaking, <laughs> but back here, man, I'm thinking about the drill, the exercise, the player, the player that I need to speak to, the player that, you know, in his wellness that he done, his mood's a bit off. So I need to call him, find out what's wrong. Is something happening on the outside? All that kind of stuff. It's it's twenty four hours, but I love it, man. I love How important it. is that these days? Like the player management side of things, because I noticed, like obviously, when we grew up, it was a little bit different. Yeah, it was like you know, fuck, get your head up, man. You'll be all right, and that's yeah, it, really. E- even if that, right? Literally, these days, I know it's changed a lot. How important is it f- for your team? Look, I, I think you need a you need to find the balance because yeah, I yeah. think that's what we're losing a bit now. You speak a little bit loud to a player, and he takes it to heart. Where before, it's like yeah. you just get on with it. But I still feel like for me anyway and, and the way I want to be, you know, seen as a coach and for the players is, you know, you can still have those two sides. Yes, you can have a joke with the players, get to know the players on a personal relation, like level because we're all humans at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but then when, when it's serious and when things need to be said, they're said and they take you serious. So I think it's really interesting, you know, and it's something I'm still learning how to find that balance that it doesn't go too much that way or too much that way either, you know. So yeah, I'm, I just go off more – you know, what kind of experience I had with coaches and what I didn't like about some coaches and just try not to do the same thing, obviously. You know, in speaking of, of, of previous coaches or previous styles of play, we know these days a lot of play, uh, coaches, they're like, you know, to play their tiki-taka style football. Mm-hmm. Do you think as a coach, I'm interested to know, do you have a certain style all the time or do you think it's based on also the, amount, the type of players that you have? What are your thoughts on that, Lord? Yeah, so like for me in terms of in the under-23 setup, yeah. you know, I, I have to play how okay. our seniors play mm-hmm. yeah. because at the end of the day, yes, I can put my twist on it and my yeah. little spins here and there, but ultimately I'm preparing plays to be able to step up. So there's no point in me all of a sudden starting to play free at the back, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like everyone sense. now, yeah, starting yeah, yeah. to play free at the back when then they're going to step up to the seniors and they don't do that. Yeah. So, you know, for me it's a it's slightly, it's slightly different. Yeah. But look, I like to attack. I like to go forward. I know everyone says that, but that's – the kind of style that I like to play. So still within whatever structure you set, I can still bring those elements out. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, to answer your question, man, if I do have a team and I'm able to do whatever I want, 
It depends. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I agree it depends. Yeah. Do you just come into a team where you've just got all these plays now? 100% you might have to change. And Definitely. you look back and I saw something recently, like, and why I think Mourinho is the best coach. Because I love him. I think he's the king. And he said it. He goes, what was he saying? At Inter, I had the best team to play in a low block because they could be there. Teams could be there all day. They'll never score. So yeah. that's how I played. Mm. At um, Real Madrid, I had a young Benzema, Cristiano, Higuaín, Di Maria. So I play in transition. Definitely. You know, so I think that's a sign of a good coach also Definitely. that you're adaptable as well. And I think that's what makes like Ancelotti so special. 100%. And I, I think that is exactly the reason because he doesn't just say, oh, all right, this is my style. All right, we're playing 4-3-3. But then he's got let's say, no wingers or he doesn't have the players for that. So he would adapt there and be like, all right, we'll play a bit more on the counter-attack because it suits this style yeah. of players. And I think they're the best type of managers because they're adaptable. 100%. And that's the key. And especially. that's why Mourinho is yeah. so successful. Especially in today's game, yeah. you have to be. Well, let's take it a step back now. <laughs> we, we, obviously, football is your life, but how did it become part of your life? From a young age, it was kind of around in my family, obviously, Portuguese backgrounds. My dad used to play when he was a bit younger, so I always kind of knew that. But it kind of, you know, I didn't start as early as some of these kids these days, four or five years old. I think I started when I was under eights or under nines at Essen Royals. And the reason why, funny enough, I started because I used to do athletics. And I was quick when I was, I don't know where that went, that pace, but <laughs> when I was young, I was quick. That's that's true. And I got to a stage where I was getting a bit cocky, my parents thought, like, I'd go to like these regionals, I'll win, I'll go, here's the medal, you know? My parents <laughs> like, no, no, none of this. So it went to a team sport. So that's when I kind of, you know, fell fell into soccer and fell in love with it, I guess. And then did you, were you like instantly, all right, this is for me? Or was there like, you know, maybe a, a great area, I'm just playing for the fun of it and then it turned serious? Look, I don't know, because when you're young, back then anyway, like you just play, man. Yeah, you don't know if it's it. serious, if you're, I guess as I got a bit older, I started watching all the games. I remember that, you know, I had a love for the game. I used to go to Blockbuster and get the five weeklies and it was all stuff to do with football. Yeah. So, and my parents didn't make me do that. It's just, I loved to watch games. I loved everything about it. Um, but I think it's, you don't know until oh, yeah. a certain age, you know what yeah. I mean? Maybe I'd say maybe 13, 14. I'm like, all right. I'm not bad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm okay. And I wouldn't mind doing this as a future if possible. Yeah. yeah. So were you at Eston Royals then? I think you, did you go to Green Gully after? Yeah, so I went to Eston Royals. I think I spent a year at, Killer Park, and then I was at I was at Green Gully, and then that's when the move to Correct. Portugal happened. Yeah, yeah? you want to tell us a little bit? Yeah, about so that? Uh, backtrack a couple of years before that. So oh, okay, obviously, yeah. Portuguese background. I think I was thirteen. Went over to Portugal and through some family and stuff. I went down to train with a team called Strela Strela da Madura. So like not a massive team, um, and they wanted me to stay. Wanted me to stay because I'd done well. I worked hard. I was tackling yeah. stuff that they don't do there, you know. Yeah. And my parents like, my mum's like, no chance in the world. So I think that's where the spark, that's where the spark came you from. The I came like, back I and can, I'm like, yeah. man, I can do this. Yeah. I can do this. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard I understood Portuguese. I heard what the coach said that he yeah. Yeah. that he wanted yeah, yeah. to keep me. So yeah. I think that's what, what kind of started. And, you know, and I think from back then I kind of sit, spoke to my parents and was like, no, I want to go one day. Mm. And then – the opportunity came to go on trial when I was when I was fifteen, and and that's where it all kind of happened. It's funny, like all it takes is one moment. Yeah, do you know what I mean? To to really cement the fact that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah, in whatever capacity, we sort of had that. We played like a under 15s tournament in Hungary. Yep, and it was the same sort of thing. Like we're comfortable. Yeah, this is fine. You know, before you go to Europe, it's like nah, Europe is like. They're miles ahead. Exactly. Then yeah. when you go and you're like, no, this is all right. Get used to this. Yeah. 
and then like penny drops, this is what I want to do. Yeah, hundred percent, it's true, and it's and that's just speaking about football in general here in Australia. It's like we're not actually that far behind mm. in terms of technical ability and stuff. Like you know, with the stuff that I do, my own personal academy, I get kids in there that it's technically I've never seen things like this in my life. Mm. But then it's why why can't we bridge that gap then? And it comes down to a lot of you know, tactical ability and just that culture and Mentality, not watching yeah. games, Definitely. not watching games. 100%. Kids here watch highlights. Yeah, yeah Kids don't watch games over there. You know how it is. You watch your your local team play. You watch the team that you go for in whichever league. You watch EPL. You're watching three, four games a week, man. That's Easy. the difference. Yeah. It's a big difference. So what was it like the first, yeah, like when you, did you go straight to like Porto from here? How did it work with school and stuff? Did you yeah, go on so, holidays so I, or? I actually went to Benfica okay. and I was actually, it's not a store, but I was probably going to stay there, but then they changed management. I know a lot of people say that's the truth. No, no, that yeah, they no, change things and they'll take yeah. it a bit long. So yeah. then I went to Porto on trial yeah. and I ended up staying there. So, so how long were you there for? I was in Portugal for three years in total. Three. Right. Yeah, three years in total. So I was at Porto for just over a year and then I went to a smaller team in Lisbon called Oedas, still in the same league. So we played juniors A and we actually finished on top of Porto, well. like in all that kind of stuff. So that year we had a really good, really good season, or two good seasons. So still in the top league, but obviously just a smaller club. And how was the experience in itself? It was good, man. It was it was eye opening. It, it definitely had its its tough times, but I knew what I what I wanted to do. You yeah. know, at the start, you know, at the start I was treated badly by the players. You know, at the end of the day, they know that you're coming to take their spot or their mate's spot. Exactly. You know, it's different here, and I give always give this example. It's like how my mentality has changed to the Aussie mentality. I was at Perth Glory. And we had a French guy come and trial with us and he was a defensive midfielder. After training, I'm like, hey, man, you need a lift home. And I gave him a lift home back to his hotel. And then I'm like, hang on. And this guy's here to take, take <laughs> yeah, my spot yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the mentality there, man. That's ruthless. It's, the mentality is ruthless. Yeah. You know, so until I gained the respect from the players, and that's the mate, number one thing, you know, I remember at the start, man, it's like, yeah, you ask for the ball. They say, come short, they go long. They <laughs> yeah. go long, you, they pay you too short, they yeah. stitch you up. Yeah. You know, so until that happened, I gained the respect and then it was it was good from there. It's the hardest thing to explain and it's the hardest, like you can't really prepare for it. Yeah. We've spoken about it heaps, but that, yeah, you can talk about it, but then when you're actually there yeah. and you have to put, we sat next to someone <laughs> in Italy, in Chieti, the yeah. third division yeah. at the time. We sat next to him for like five months. And this guy wouldn't even say hello to us. I don't even yeah. know what he sounded like, yeah. to be honest. Uh, yeah. like we hardly knew his name by it's, the end of the but. Every single day for three hours, we're, we're next to this we're guy. We're there, yeah. And but it can just, make or break you, I think. 100%. Because some players will take it to heart and be like, oh, no one likes I, underst I understood what these guys were exactly. saying in the changing room, exactly. but I pretend that I didn't. Pretend that I didn't. These guys are smashing me. Yeah. Exactly like us. And Absolutely then, smashing me, man. And it's like, there would be days where I'd cry on the phone to my parents and my mum's like, my mum and dad are like, come back. Yeah, like, yeah, you're yeah. there because you want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it's like, no chance. I know, like, I went, my dad actually said something once to me, he goes, the first time I went, that he knew that I was going to stick it out by the way I left at the airport. He goes, he just said to my mom, he goes, if he turns around and looks back at us. Yeah. He's not ready. Yeah. He's giving back. focused. Yeah. You see, see you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even cry. No tears, nothing. Yeah. Off yeah. I went. I just went straight, doors yeah. closed. Yeah. And that was yeah. it, man. Yeah. But that's the thing what you're saying. I think that's talking about football here and there from even a young age just drilled into you. Like at the end of the day, that's how these players are putting food on the table. Look, if I take your position and you don't then get a contract next year, you might be out of work. 100%. So that's the mentality shift. And, and obviously, 
you know, we understood that too. We're like, we're just two random guys coming down here. The and they don't, the they don't want like us to take their position. Yeah. So look, you got to, that's the thing. It's like people got to understand that people, you tell a normal person that they'll be like, oh, what a prick, you know, yeah. what the yeah. hell? but it's like, it's a cutthroat industry, man. It's, and that's what makes it special in a way because it's so hard to, to get. And yeah. then it's so hard to also retain. Like, and, and that's something that we're not going to be able to change here. All of a sudden, we're not going to get parents to live in poverty just to, so the kids can make it as a footballer. Definitely, definitely. It's a luxuries we have, but that's yeah. that's a reality over there, man. Definitely. Like I like I had one one teammate. He goes to me once. He goes, "Do if I don't like if I don't make it as a footballer, I'm going to go to jail." Yeah. And I'm thinking, "What do you mean?" Yeah. And he goes, "At least there, I'll eat every day." That's what he said to me, and I'm like, "Jeez." Yeah, you can't. Even I'm like, you want five bucks, man? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's hundred percent. And we can't, you, we can't replicate that. You can't. So you can't. I, I guess the only way, only thing we can do is replicate, like, change the things that we're in control of here, man. Mm. Yeah, things that we're in control of. Of course. In terms of maybe coaching, stuff like that. Yeah. Getting the kids better coaching, getting the kids to watch more games, more exposure. Because we can't change the culture. It's very hard. We can't change that, and we can't change. That kind of desire. Yeah. It's just not realistic. Was there a moment there yeah. when you were at like Porto or the other yeah. club you were at where you thought like it really tested your like your resolve and you were like, man, like I, I can't really see any light at the end of the tunnel? Or was it you were really focused and you just took everything in your stride really? Honestly, man, I think I just took everything in my stride. And like even when I was at Porto, it took, I, I don't want to lie, how many months yeah, yeah. for me to even get a run, not even in the squad. Yeah. It wasn't even in the squad. Do you know what I mean? And by the end, and by the end, I was I was playing. You know, the before I left, because I had an option to kind of get loaned out at that point or whatever, mm. and I decided to to move on. Like when you like all you you know your coach is saying in front of the, your whole peers, by far the most improved player. This that, and that again creates belief, man. Of course, of course. And that again yeah. creates that that kind of belief. So I was kind of focused. It's, yeah, it is, don't it's know why. It was just. It's yeah. just my makeup. But right. it is very interesting you say that because it's like it's those little things as a player, even like your coach just maybe he doesn't say nothing, but all of a sudden he, he'll give you that little compliment and it's like yeah. you feel like all the hard work the last three months, actually, yeah, I'm getting somewhere, you know, and then it gives you that extra boost 100%. and you keep going. It's crazy, like a little thing like that mm, can changes. really spark you, you know. Yeah, keep, and, and keep right now and I kind of use yeah. that in my own coaching now. It's like and that's why like man management is so important, getting to know these players and what makes them tick. Like I know already in my team, 23s, certain things I can say to some players that I can't say to yeah, others. Yeah, exactly. Certain players I can put up on the video analysis session and certain players I'll leave the clips out because I know they're not going to take it well and that's yeah. not what I want to achieve. Yeah. You know, so it's about getting to know that and giving those players extra confidence, the ones that need it. Of course. Did you have, a, did you have like an approach in the change room when you first went to sort of start earning your stripes? Were you like that guy that comes in, you know, shakes everyone's hand, tries to have a laugh, or were you just respectful, but I'm here to do a job? To be honest, when you go in, it's like everywhere, especially over there, you like shake everyone's hand. That's yeah. a normal thing. And then I kind of sat as far in the corner as I could, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And I was like skinny little kid, like compared to some of those boys, big kids, man. Um, and then I just went on to the pitch and I just, yeah, just kind of – did what I could, that's it. Away. Exactly right. Football. You just yeah. focus on your football. But it's hard, man. It's hard. It's not easy at so all. So when was your – after this, did you come back – you came back to Australia? Yeah. And then your first professional contract, how did that come about? So, yeah, so I decided to come back to Australia because I'm like – at that stage, the A-League had just started. I think yeah. it was in the second year or something like that. And mm -hmm. I knew that the there was an Olympics coming up. And back then there was no 
there was no internet in terms of like yeah, yeah, yeah. clips these days, man. Every every kid's got a highlight yeah, reel yeah, and yeah, yeah. and all this kind of agents and stuff. Yeah, like back yeah, then, there was none, nothing like that. So I'm like, look, at this point in my career, I can get you know go and just kind of be here and end up in the third division like some of those other players. Or you know what, I'm going to go back to Australia because I thought to myself, if I can't make it there, then I'm wasting my time. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how it came across. I came, I actually came back to Green Gully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I came back to Green Gully first. Playing seniors there or whatever, and then yeah, got the opportunity to go to victory. How was that transition? Because I know when I came back, or you too, Matt, when we came back from Europe and we just wanted to play again. Yeah. We went, oh, I went to MPL as well. And just trying to then, you're up here, no offense, obviously, but it's different. Not that it's that much more yeah. worse to say. You have different expectations. But it's a di- exactly. Yeah. Been a exactly. How that did you level. find that transition back into Australian football? I say. found it easy, man, because I went to Green Gully. And back yeah. then, Green Gully was like under Ian Dobson. It was like, yeah, yeah. Were yeah, yeah. like the dream team almost of yeah. the NPL they back then. the Vargas brothers and all that. Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Jeff Fleming, yeah, Zora yeah, Markowski, yeah. all those kind of players. So yeah. for me, it was like, I'm still learning stuff. Yeah, here, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'm learning. They're seasoned yeah. professionals. Yeah. So for me, it wasn't like, for me, it was like, it was almost a step up again because mm. now I'm playing against men. men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Men. It's You know what I mean? It's and different. then it was just about breaking into that team and then eventually breaking in and, and playing consistently in that team. So for me, it wasn't that bad. So then victory came knocking, obviously. Yeah. Went in there. Who was your coach at the time? At Ernie Merrick. Ernie Merrick. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> back, man. <laughs> I know. These are the days. Yeah. Right? These are like the golden yeah. days of Ailey. Yeah, so... Yeah, we actually played a friendly against Victory. I played as a defensive midfielder. It was on uh, Olympic Park, and I remember I was marking Carlos Hernandez, and I just didn't let him breathe that thing. I was just <laughs> hacking him, this and that. And then from there, I kind of. And that's how it sort of came. And that's how it came, man. That's how it came, one game. And then, so you mentioned the Olympics. The call, call up came after Victory? During that time. During that time. Yeah, during that time of Victory. Yeah. And so how was it? Victory. Yeah. And then that's when the call And that's came. when I was. Yeah, yeah. So we went. Obviously, I've done all the groups that we didn't qualify. Yeah, yeah, we didn't qualify, yeah. but um, but went through that. Yeah, it was good, man. It was, and at that point, man, I thought my career was going like that. Like yeah. I remember, I was going away on camp with the with Oli Ruse, coming back, training on a Thursday, like training one or two days for a game, and straight back in the team. We had good plays in that team, man, and I thought it was going like that. And then, yeah, for whatever reason, I didn't keep going in that direction. Yeah. What What do you think it was a victory? Obviously, like, you know, don't have to give us yeah. the, the specifics, but was there something? No, always, man, and, and like this advice that I give kids, I always put it back on myself. Yeah. Always. I don't look at any of those. Now I can look back and say, oh, yeah, that decision there, maybe why wasn't I in the team or whatever. But still, man, the coach wants to win. So I always put it back on myself. Maybe I didn't show enough faith, uh, enough trust in the way I trained every day, whatever it was. So, it's yeah, it's it's a tough one, like – where it kind of – look, I put it down to, and this is my fear, like I used to be a very hard player. Yep. So that's – I remember once we were walking around Amy Park and Ernie Merrick was walking with someone and he introduced me as the next Kevin Musket because that's the kind of player I was. I remember Ernie Merrick, when I used to come up from the youth team, just say training, goes, Diogo, no tackles today <laughs> because that's just what I – yeah, that exactly was my right. characteristics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then it kind of went the other way where obviously I speak Portuguese. So there was a lot of Brazilians at that time and I was a translator for everyone. Yeah. So Ernie, I remember Ernie Merrick used to yell at me. To then yell at, to yell at <laughs> Ricardinho. <laughs> Ricardinho, like, and I'm yeah. like, man, don't yeah, hate yeah, me. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. but I used to have to tell him. Yeah. And I think I kind of started hanging around those boys and they're all about ticket tucker. They're all yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like, honestly, I lost a bit of what I was good at. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I tried to maybe fit in. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not saying that's the excuse. Yeah, yeah, but no, I yeah, think, but yeah, I actually yeah. feel like that could have been, you know, why yeah. I kind of started. Like I still had that aggression. Don't get me wrong. But maybe I steered away from what I was really good at. And I was doing back heels, this, that, one, two. So. Before it was just touch and that's it. Tackle, a bit of tackles and that's it. It's funny though because when when we've actually told people that you were getting, uh, we were getting you on yeah. the podcast, everyone remembers you, man. Like mm. you had a massive impact on the A-League. Especially that goal. It's well, Wellington. It's Wellington, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone yeah, brings that up. We say, oh, yeah. oh man, I remember that yeah. goal. <laughs> so even though maybe you wouldn't have had as long as you would have liked, yeah, you made a huge impact. And no, I appreciate that. <laughs> and then you also went on to win the league with Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. Was that under Postecoglou? No, that was under right. Mike Mulvey. Mike Mulvey. So that was after correct. Era. So that was straight after victory. Yeah. So you left victory. victory, obviously, on your terms. Yeah. Look, or- with Ange there at the time, you know, I was I was promised that I was going to get a contract in the year, came to in the year, and he was honest with me, man. Now I put, he goes, I want you to stay but there's guys on contracts that aren't taking termination, so you're going to have to go. So actually, not a lot of people know this story. I actually signed Ernie Merrick went to Wellington. He was actually going to go to Wellington or Adelaide. So he said to me, wherever club I go, you're my first signing. You're coming. Because he used to love me. Yeah. Anyway, he sends the contract. He's negotiating. He was even negotiating for me. I signed the contract, send it back to my agent in Wellington. A couple of hours later, my agent rings me and goes, Brisbane's just come, come in. Less money, by the way, and this was a two-year deal in Wellington and one year in Brisbane. And I ended up taking the Brisbane. I just thought it was the right thing for me to do, and it worked out. I won a championship. But now Ernie probably hates me. Definitely, <laughs> definitely hates me. He definitely hates me. Was there something that made you decide Brisbane in particular? Or was it just I don't a know. Feeling? It was just, just a, a feeling, feeling, man, and they were a good team. Yeah. They were a good team, and it was like, at the end of the day, you, in your career, you want to win you stuff. Win stuff. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you yeah. want to win stuff. And I'm like, no, nah, you know what? I backed myself. I like, can go to Wellington two years on better money or go to Brisbane for less, less money sort of thing, yeah. kind of thing. But yeah. I'm like, no, I feel like this is the kind of right move. And that's why I went there. You would have played with some absolute – Thomas Bruce was there. That we team. all remember him, man. He was that a team, class, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll pull him miss out a few, but like yeah. you had Thomas Bruce, you had um, Barisha, Barisha yeah, you had yeah. Liam Miller. Yeah. You had Matt Mackay, um, Jade North. Uh, I don't know. I could yeah, go all day. Yeah, no, no, 100%. But it's those little moments as well that, like, again, you can't explain to, to players. Like, obviously, Ange sat you down and said, listen, yeah. was it, not here. And I'll give you Sorry. a worse story than that. Yeah. So when he sat me down, I'm like, all right, and this was, we still had another two weeks of training season finished because it's break so long. Two weeks of training and then it was our end of season presentation or whatever. So he's telling me this and I'm like, all right, no problems. I'll see you at presentation. What am I coming in for, man? I'm not part of the team anymore. And he just turned around and goes to me, it's up to you, but football's a very small world. And I had to rock up for two weeks because I knew how influential he was in Australian game. And did that maybe help me to get a Brisbane move? Because he did rate me half right. He was in there before victory. Correct. So So maybe did someone call him? I'm not saying he, but it's it's true, man. Like, and I had to rock after training for two weeks, knowing I'm having to show up here for nothing sessions, and I'm not wanted by this club. Like that, you can't explain to people. Nah, you know that bridge, you might be done. Exactly. And that's resilience, man. And stuff these kids these days, you try to pass that on to them, but it's tough. Kids are different. And like kids these days would probably. Honestly, like you see a lot of kids, not all of them, but they'd probably crack the shits and be like, no, who, man, who, well, you're going to make me go there, look, on this, on that. Or the other way where yeah. they just break. You know that's what it, mean? That and too. It. 
But then, like you said, it had that probably you probably don't know for sure, but it probably had consequences later down the track for, Maybe. for the good. But like I'm sure if someone asked Andrew Postacoglu yeah. today, if he remembers me now, I'm sure he'll say. Mate, he'll say good things. I'm not going to say he's, I'm the best player, but in terms Definitely. of the way I conducted myself and professionalism, he's got to say good things, man. Definitely. You know, it's you amazing. never know. It's, it's footballs, and that's what I try to explain to all these kids. Like, like as a 23s coach, you want to get them better on the field, but you want to just educate them, man, because a lot of these kids okay. don't know what's right and what's wrong. They sincerely, like, they do something wrong. In terms of outside, you tell them, and you can see in their face, they don't know they're doing it wrong, man, which is – but it's just – it's the generation, man. Yeah. You know, you got some kids, kids calling me bro. Yeah. I don't know how you do it, man. And I said, bro, I'm not your bro. Yeah. I'm not your bro. But I know they're not doing yeah, it on purpose. Nah, nah, it's nah, just nah. there. Yes, yeah. It's just the way these kids are these yeah, days, yeah, man. Yeah, nah, Imagine nah. if you called a coach bro back in the day, never come back. I was thinking, imagine calling Alan Davidson bro. <laughs> Cop a double foot. <laughs> You'll never come back, man. Yeah. But you've got to just realize the generation's different. Yeah, it of is. course. You, and you've just got to educate them, man. And if they do it again, then you've got issues. But. You got to educate. But I think that's important as a coach, like you said too, because like we were saying before, let's say two percent are going to make it, mm. but you want to then create good men. Hundred percent. So then they're actually respectful, and they've not only learned you know football, but they've learned how to become a man, resilience, because all these skills can be translated into whatever other job they want to do. Yeah, I agree. So I think that's important as well. It's huge. It's huge, and I, it's testament to you, man, because a lot of, I think maybe that's missing as well. You know, there's there's a gap. I think. Mm within coaching and like we were saying before, player management, whatever, you're just creating good humans as well. That's, you have to, you man. Know, and and, so and if you're a, you know, I believe that it's a reflection of the way that I am and the way the coaching staff is, man. Mm. If we're respectful and I'm honest, number yeah, one, yeah. you don't want to hear it, but I'll be honest, man, because I didn't get honesty throughout my career, so I promised myself. I'm honest. I tell you, you got to sit out, but as soon as we lose or a player's not playing well, you're in. I've got to stand by my word. You're yeah. in. Yeah. Otherwise, you lose that person, you know? So, obviously, being around football your whole life professionally as well, and now you're coaching, what would you say that you've taken from Europe? I know we touched on it a little bit. Yeah. But what have you taken from Europe to then instill into your plays here? And what do you think is missing? It's a hard one. Because like, obviously, I was there when I was younger as well. So, we could say the way they train. I can't even remember, man. I used to go to training. I used to train. Yeah. So, I didn't know the the kind of – you don't look into it like you know the amount of I always think about it, the amount of hours I spent doing session plans and stuff I bet you these <laughs> kids if you put whatever yeah. they won't even realise yeah, yeah, yeah. but you're still creating good habits yeah, in what yeah, you want to achieve yeah. but I, I can't remember in terms of the style of play or I can't sit here and say the intensity was great because I used to train intensity as well so like hmm. I don't know like for me the, the massive thing is the culture that's that's kind of the difference is the culture is you live, you breathe. You, I remember being at a bus stop and the old ladies beside me speaking about the games, man. <laughs> Literally. Portugal, free newspapers a day, just soccer, just football, man. Free newspapers a day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're lucky to get in the Herald Sun. Exactly. Look at the women's, uh, what are the Matildas? Yeah. They were lucky to even get on the front page, man, when they made the semis of the exactly World Cup. Right. So, Do you know what I mean? So – and that's something that we can't change, man. So I think we've got to lose that expectation of how can we change the culture? It's yeah. not going to happen very quick. I think we can slowly change and it comes down to even parents. Like I get a lot of parents in my centre that the kids don't follow the A-League. Mm. It's like you're in Australia. Yeah. The A-League shit. But buddy, you're in Australia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're aspiring to that. Yeah, and then yeah, you yeah. can aspire to, to other things. You know what yeah. I mean? And mm. so I, I think, yes, the parents have a, a part to play in it. 
then it comes down to, you know, the coaching. But again, you're going to create better coaches, coaches that have more knowledge and watch more games, man. And again, if kids don't watch it, the coaches don't watch games either. So how we'll change that is, it's a difficult one. You mentioned it before, but I think for me, the biggest thing that I realized anyway, even like speaking to younger cousins and stuff, is that that will to win. More more so not to lose. Do you know what I mean? Like, But it's even the everyday sportsman there. Like just a casual yeah, footballer, five-a-side. But like I'll ask, you know, cousin, for example, whatever, yeah. much younger, how'd you go on the weekend? Oh, we lost 4-0. And I'm like, are you upset? He's like, nah, like I, I did all right, but, yeah. you know, big deal. Yeah. And I'm like, like, and this is the day after a game. I understand you're young, but I think back to when I was young, like losing 4-0, man, I'm upset. Yeah, like, no. I'm devastated. And I think maybe that's so – that's, like, that's a like, – the, the new generation and – like it's it's the parents, it's the parenting, yeah. I believe, yeah. and it's the culture you're oh, creating at, at the clubs. Mm. Because yeah, you've you've got a lot of clubs out there, a lot of A League clubs. Yeah, you play. No, don't worry, but you played good football. You yeah. dominated the ball. This that. It's all good and proper. Mm. It's all good and proper. And yes, like it's not shouldn't be about results only at a young age. We're developing individuals. Yeah. We're not developing teams. Like at West United, the academy's not there to develop a good team. It's there to develop good individuals. Mm. But still, like there's got to be. There's got to be something about like that winning mentality, you know, being upset. Like the best players I've played with, like you say, like here in the A-League, you say, Borussia, you're playing five-side game. Yeah. He's punching the ground. I can tell. I can yeah, tell he's a point. winner. Yeah. He's punching the ground. Yeah. Like it's it's crazy, that kind of mentality, and you don't see it here, man. And, no. But I I think it's impossible to get it out of these kids, you know, that professional, that will to to want to compete and win. Like you can – you can instill it in a young age, yeah. but I do believe it's the culture, but also it, it comes from within. 100%. Does it still exist? You'd hope so. But within your experience, is there still like, you know, a few, you're like, There's, you're a winner. You can look you, at someone and say, you're a winner. 100%. Yeah. And they're the ones that even if they're not that talented, the yeah. most talented, they're, gonna go they're the way. ones that I know now with more experience yeah. in this space. Unfortunately, you look at some of the most talented ones and you're like, and you try to tell them straight and you... Try to make them wake up because you can see what's going to happen. And I hope some of these kids prove me wrong, but I highly doubt it. If you don't have that will, you need that desire. You need that will, not even just to get to win. Don't worry about the game. Yeah, of course. That will to get better every day. Exactly right. Every single day. And that's what we say. Like, you know how people say, like, a lot of the times the kids play for fun. Mm. But, like, I remember when we were kids, that was, for me, competing, like, Without a – like anything I do, I want to win. I want to yeah. compete. That, that is what brings the fun out of it too. So it's like I don't understand like the mentality of them saying kids don't keep scores or don't do this. What's your view on that? You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not like, a – Like failure makes you better because then like, you learn. I guess you've got to find a balance. But yeah. like I know even at schools there's no more first, second, third. Yeah, like it's just – There is a first, man. Yeah, it's there serious. is. Yeah, they don't like – they don't hand out like – like, you know, back in the day you used to go to yeah, athletics, yeah, your first, second, third. You know, there's a first, man. And you've got to learn to there's lose. There's second and there's last. Exactly right, man. That's the, that's the reality of it. Know that. That's the reality and of it. And then it's like, you know, if you're last, then that shows you I'm not good enough. That's number one. I need to get to that. Exactly level. Right. If that's well, what you so if everyone's do. the same, what are you going to do? There's no that's desire. Exactly. There's no improvement. That's exactly right. Yeah. See, then you go to these days, I'm guessing, I'm, I'm nearly certain I've heard, yeah. you go to any clubs, everyone gets participation award. Yeah. There's no more best in fairest. Now, there is a best, man. Exactly. There is a best in fairness. And it's anything in the world, like it's any in, industry. There's like there's a top goal scorer. Someone yeah, yeah. scores more goals, you're the top goal scorer. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, the teams create the goals. We know yeah, that. Yeah, but you score the goals, but, buddy. <laughs> exactly. 
that's, that's crazy. the thing, man. You can only you can take that mentality into like, let's say you become I don't know a lawyer or whatever yeah. your career that you take. You take that mentality into that career. It's gonna get you the same way. Like you're gonna be the you have desire. You're gonna want to get 100%. better. You're gonna be able to like win. You know, yeah. lose as well and yeah. learn how to lose. Yeah. And that's the thing. If you're teaching these kids that yeah, it's all right. You know, you're just gonna float through life. Mm. Everything's gonna be given to. You. It doesn't work like that. Exactly. So, oh, I agree. What's your biggest? What's been the biggest challenge for you coaching? If you can pinpoint something, I know it's a pretty vague question, but yeah, uh, the biggest challenge for me coaching is is similar to what we're dealing, what we're speaking about here now, because the kind of person I was in the player, never as talented as other people, but I used to work. Mm. I used to work. I used to be the biggest professional, too professional. I used to be too professional, and now you see some of these kids coming through with all the talent, and I'm and I say to her, and I think to myself. You are a hundred times better than I ever was, but they don't have that work ethic. Yeah. So I think that's that's probably the biggest challenge for me is how do I accept that? How do I then, when you try to give someone time after time after time, say, not put them to the side, but say, all right, I'm going to focus now more on these kids because they deserve it and they want it. You know what I mean? That's mm, probably yeah. the the hardest, hardest thing for me. That's been the hardest thing for me. We've touched on it before, but the hardest thing for me was the parents. Do you do you find the that's it, they're good to you, or is there a bit of a challenge in that aspect as well? If we talk in terms of Western United, I don't deal with parents. No, no, no. So I don't speak in terms of Western United. I have a like I say hello to someone, yeah, of course, of course. and and there's some that I'll actually reach out to if I see the kids under or even if he's 18 that he's down, is this mm -hmm. is something happening at home that he doesn't want to open up? I think it's good to have those relationships. Where I deal with parents more is my centre, is mm -hmm. with DF football, obviously. I do a bit more and to me their parents want the best for their kids. Of course. So regardless, whatever they're doing, they think they're doing the right thing. I, I doubt there's a parent, there's not many parents that are like, are going to do the wrong thing purposely. Mm -hmm. So they're doing the right thing. It's just about educating those parents. Yeah. About educating about what I believe in, um, you know, and it's, it's a lot of parents are naive and they don't know, man. They don't, a lot of parents don't know. And I'll, and I'll say a story and it's not nothing against this parent if they hear this, but it's like to the point where, you know, I had one parent say to me once that, you know, the kids dream, they want to do everything because the kids dream to play for Portugal. And I said, that's, that's all good and proper, but he's not Portuguese. He's not Portuguese. He's got he's to find the deal. <laughs> like that's just a little yeah, story, yeah. but that's the, the parents yeah. don't know, man. That's just the, the smallest yeah. story, but parents don't know. So it's just about educating these yeah. parents, educating them. And, you know, I, I've probably lost, a lot of clients and a lot of money, if we're going to speak about money, because I'm honest with people and I don't want to like, to me, like one-on-ones one, one -on -ones with six-year-olds, sorry, it's not, I don't think it's beneficial. You know, like what parents, I get asked all the time from parents, you know, what equipment should I buy and what should I do at the park with my kids? And I said, what about you just go one ball? Find the ball. Well, one, one ball, you getting goals. Yeah. And the kid shoots and then you go fetch it yeah. and you come back. That's what I used to do. Yeah, exactly. And then I say, I want to get in goals. And it's not saying to the kid, no, you're not allowed to get in goals because yeah, exactly. you need to practice. Have fun, have fun man. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy, Enjoy it. it. There's time to be a professional. And I think these days parents are trying to make their kids professional too early. It's, yeah, it's not sustainable. Think, exactly. Do you think it almost becomes counterproductive? Do you 100%. know what I mean? Because then it becomes like a chore. 100%. And by the time they're 12, they don't want to see a ball anymore. And usually the, the parents that do that, and the kids are good. Okay, so the kids are good. So two sessions a day, this and that. So obviously the kids are doing well. So they're on top of the world and they're training hard. But as soon as setbacks come to those kids, 
not all. You can't say yeah, everyone's course, everyone's different, but that's when it becomes really, really challenging for them. It's hard, and it's good that you're you're honest. Do you know what I mean? I think that's the most important thing as well. When someone comes to you and whatever, you just straight up honest with them. You have to be, man. That's what I struggle. There's with. not yeah. many. There's not many as well. You in have the to, industry, I want to sleep at night, and I want to like, and I want to be able to walk through any sock, any football pitch, any game here. Yeah. There might be a parent doesn't like me yeah. for because I didn't play their son. But, or, but no one's gonna be able to say this guy. He's a shit talker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He stole my money. Yeah, exactly he done right. this. He promised me that. No chance. Yeah, no chance. Yeah. That's amazing. Like for yeah. me, like we said before, when someone comes up to me and asks if their eight year old is gonna make it in <laughs> Europe, <laughs> it's like. What do you say to that? What do you say? Like, I, I, I honestly say, to be honest, no, he's not. Yeah. They might, but realistically, it's very highly doubtful. Yeah. What are you going to say even if a 20-year-old, like, he's playing in Europe? You don't know, man. You don't, like, know, you man. don't know what's around the corner. Exactly right. Exactly. But, yeah, no, actually, I wanted to touch on your playing career again. Because yeah. I know you had a really cool experience in Asia. Yeah. You played in a few different countries. Yeah. So you played in Indonesia, Malaysia, India, yeah. and, and Japan. And Japan, yeah. What, what was that like? Because yeah. we don't really speak much about that, that no, we don't. the Asian football. Yeah, yeah. no, it was... Like, like I said, I went back to before, man. Like I was, you know, over-professional yeah. in my career. And I got to a stage where, you know, I needed something fresh. I needed to go, like I went to Indonesia. Like here I'll tell you what every single A-League club does, a training all week. Yeah. It just becomes the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I just needed a fresh change. Mm-hmm. I needed a fresh change. And, you know, I went to Indonesia and I got that fresh change. Man. I got that fresh change. Crazy supporters. Yeah going in army tanks to the game, <laughs> yeah, like so stuff good. like that, man. Like it was just, it was just a really good experience. Like we're going the day after a game, we got a little training session. Parents are supposed to be recovery. So you just bring, I just had runners on. All of a sudden you're doing sprints, man. And I'm like, this makes no sense, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, I love it, man. It's something different. It's yeah, something yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something completely different. They're really passionate there, aren't they? I've seen some footage um, of the Indonesian league. The club yeah. that where I was at is like probably, it's one of the biggest the clubs biggest in clubs, Indonesia. Yeah. So... What about like lifestyle? What was off the pitch? What was that like? Yeah, in, in Indonesia, it was funny, man. So at the start, it's like a smaller city, but like big still, like yeah. small, but I don't know how many millions of people. <laughs> and everyone, like, everyone used to say, if, if um, Persib win, the area is called Bandung, Bandung's happy. If yeah. not, they're not happy. And it was the truth, man. Like, I couldn't go. It was like, I was a, I, really, I was a pop star. Everywhere yeah. you went, <laughs> photos, this, that, whatever. And at the start, oh, I loved it, man. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, yeah, no worries, another one, come. Yeah. It was crazy. Like you yeah. couldn't, by the end, it was yeah, fucking, man, it. Cool I, I put myself, and don't, I shouldn't even put myself and him in the same conversation. But like, you got big stars like Cristiano. Yeah. Awful side. Because imagine that yeah, on steroids yeah. every day, anywhere in the world. Yeah. There at least it was only in that A city. Little, and then yeah. you leave and no one knows <laughs> who you are. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. What about like, Stupid, like food and stuff like that. Was it? Yeah, do you have to get used to that as well? Like the difference. Um, look, I liked like kind of like uh, at that time. I like I always liked going on holidays to Asia anyway, oh, like yeah. Bali and all that. Yeah, so I liked so that kind of different cultures and the different foods. Um, so yeah, that that didn't really really bother me. Was the me. level good there? Yeah, what was, was it like there? It was just. It was definitely unprofessional in terms of players. Like we would catch the bus to training every day. We'd jump on the bus on the way back. We'd stop on the side of the road and they've got those little stalls. Someone (laughs) selling fried chicken. Player would get out and everyone, and there I am, protein shake. And I'm just like, (laughs) I'm hiding in the corner of my protein (laughs) shake. These guys having fried chicken. They didn't care, man. They didn't care. So different, man. Carefree. Nah, man. And they enjoyed it. But like in terms of the football in Indonesia, it was exciting to watch. Mm. It was just end to end because there was no structure. Zero structure, 
just end to end, end to end the whole time. Many imports or a lot of Indonesians? A lot of Indonesians, but I think you could have like three or four imports, okay. you know. So at, at that stage there, a couple of people, you guys obviously will know, like Sergio Van Dyke was there in yeah. my team, Marcos Flores, and a couple of other mm-hmm. imports from here or there. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was good, man. It was an experience. Like you felt like a big player, yeah. you know. Yeah, you yeah. felt like you were the big star. It was yeah. funny. Cool. It was funny. I'm interested to know about Japan mm. because we have a perception of Japan through a formal, formal coach. We also yeah. played against some Japanese teams. We played against Japanese yeah. teams. What was it like for you? Look, I'll be honest, like – I actually didn't end up playing there. So I got oh. injured in the second session I was there and like I got a corky and it ended up freak kind of thing. The blood ended up turning into bone. So I don't know. I don't even want to try and say the right pronunciation because yeah. I'll get it wrong. But it ended up like, so you, I'll go get an x-ray and you'd see a like bit. A calcified. Calcified. That's the word I wanted to face, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick to coaching. <laughs> a calcified. That's exactly what I wanted. Uh, yeah, so it was like a bit of a freak thing. So I was there like the first three, four months, oh, I couldn't even get on the training pitch. So that was a different experience. But without pressure from the club, like you talk about Japan, people are lovely. Man. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, nice people, yeah, honestly, yeah. like the presidents. So I came in as an injury replacement. Right. And this is where I've got to be honest, man. And I people say they get moves here and there because they're unbelievable. The only reason I got that move is because they need an Asian passport. This was a week full of season. Mm-hmm. Three of their other imports spoke Portuguese and their translator was Portuguese. So – I was that profile. I was Australian, so Asian passport. I spoke Portuguese. It was someone they needed in that position. So that I think, okay, they obviously done their research on me, but I think that definitely helped, man. 100% that helped. You know, and I got the opportunity there and four months in, I hadn't played a game. I was in injury. Like I came just before the season and the president's saying, take your time, take your time. Just lovely people, man. Well, and then obviously in the end. Yeah, then in the end, it actually got to a stage where the president came up to me and he goes, you're still not right. We need to bring someone else in, you know? And I'm like, yeah, hey, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. You've been amazing. Happy days. Yeah. Just give me my money and I'll go. What was the luck living in Japan? The best. Country. I lived there with my wife, man. And, you know, I would go to training every day and I would leave because there was, we had, for some reason, we had no aircon in the in where we lived. And I would leave the front door off the hatch and the back, like, balcony door open so wind could come in. Yeah. Anyone could just go in and my wife's sleeping, man. Without a stress. Respect, huh? Respect. Respect. Crazy. Crazy. One thing I want to touch on training. I know you didn't train much. But did you find that their training, because we saw it with a few teams we versed and our ex-coach, it's very military style. Was it locked at where you were? Crazy. So I still did train like a couple days before I got injured. It's crazy. Like even the personality of the players, like everyone was the same. Like like I wish someone, like I always said, I wish someone – came and I could realize they were upset and say, what happened? They said, oh, I had a five with my missus last night or yeah, kids yeah. kept me up. But everyone was just – Yeah, they don't give nothing away. Nothing, you know? man. So I struggled with that a bit. Yeah. There was – lacked personality yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. But it was, man. Everyone done what they were told. Like I remember at the club I had a 36 or 37-year-old captain. Captain. Never got in the squad once while I was there. First one at training, last one to leave. Crazy. I said to him, I go, if that was back in the show, if that was me – Mate, I'd throw my boots, burn out <laughs> out of the car park, yeah. <laughs> and you're out of there. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's, that's the kind of – yeah. It's so crazy. they're very coachable. The, they I would oh, love to yeah. coach them. I would love to coach Even them. just their mentality too, it's different. Like it we versed a Japanese team in a, in a tournament in Malaysia yeah. in the final. Yeah. And all really respectful up until we got into the tunnel. And then they just – And they were just – Drop wall of animals, man. No. Nah, screaming, yelling. They were smashing each other, yeah. slapping each other in the face. 
screaming, <laughs> like in, intimidation tactics. Yeah. And we're like, what the yeah. fuck yeah. is this, man? Yeah. We ended up beating him. Yeah. But afterwards, no joke, the bowing. most respect, yeah. Yeah. respectful yeah. people of it. Yeah, bowing, yeah. shaking our hands, you know, they want to have a conversation. Yeah. Like, you just lost the final, man. Yeah, and they don't. They, they There's really. Nothing. It's just. It's that respect, but mentality and will to win, 100%. which I, I love. Yeah, 100%. It's a, it's a 100%. great mentality. And like, I remember a funny story, man. We got there, one of the first session. And there, these guys are sharp. Like, yeah, oh, I don't yeah, know. They, they are, are very. Oh, man, <laughs> ladders. Yeah. The things these guys were doing out of that, I looked like, I reckon the players looking at me and go, just, just this guy, just, do not <laughs> give him, all, exactly don't give him the ball because <laughs> this guy has no idea. 100% they were looking at me. The way they were going, like, I could do the one in and out like yeah, that, yeah, backwards, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. The stuff they were doing, man, I, and they were trying to explain, I had no idea. I had no yeah, idea. Okay. They were just sharp, man. We that saw that actually with them, man. You look, yeah. you're going in and they're out. It's like, man, where the fuck did this guy come yeah. from and go? Yeah, they're, yeah. they're just technically, technically really good players, man. Yeah. So, a bit of a hard question here. Mm. Through all your experience, who was the toughest opponent you marked? Were you so, in terms of directly, directly, we played, and I don't know where he's playing these days, to be honest, and I don't know, he's not like a household name. We played against Celtic. And I was playing left back that game and marked guy Cummings. I don't know where he is. Scottish? He's Scottish. Yeah, Scottish or something. Have to him, yeah, I have to yeah, go. Yeah. And he was good, man. He was sharp. He was physical. Yeah, he was big. Yeah. That's in terms of one on one defending. Yeah. yeah, him for sure. Did you ever have a moment like, the fuck, Maldonia? Like, not really, no. man. Like, like, even to the point, like, we played against LA Galaxy. Before the game, I started shaking hands, uh, Doverson or what? The, yeah. Donovan, yeah. Donovan, oh, Donovan, yeah, Donovan. Beckham, shaking his hand. And I swear, I didn't like. But it's different. It's I don't different. know, I just, I was there to play. I'm yeah, like. Yeah, you just like looking at another. We spoke about this yesterday, but when you're like at that level, you don't see. And it's players. not that I feel like I'm better. Like yeah, I know no, no, who no, Beckham no. is, man. No, no. I know exactly who Beckham is. Yeah. You're but doing I just, the same job. I'm just like, I, mean? yeah. I, I didn't even look at him twice. I yeah. didn't even think, there was not an, maybe it was Cristiano yeah, yeah different because he was like idolized or Luis Figo or something oh, like that. Say, man. Exactly. But like him, like man, what a player, what a career, whatever. But I don't know. I just shook his hand and I just just went and played. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing how that mentality. It's yeah, crazy. it's got you, nothing to do with like the way I what I thought of no, myself. No, no. It was just no, no, no. I was no. there to play. It's also it's goes back to your professionalism that you know that you're here to do a job. Yeah, and maybe, then probably yeah. once the the game was finished. If you had the opportunity, you'd have a chat with him. Yeah, you know, I you're a not photo with yeah, him. Exactly. Or, you know, yeah. Did you get a shirt? I got a shirt of another guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah nice. So actually, in saying that, who's the best player that you played with in terms of that you just saw him do things even in training and you were like, well, he's got. Um, just, you know, is there one player? Look, if you're gonna speak about like the best player I played with, probably Harry Kill, because he's the best player. But in terms of someone that I saw at training, yeah, there was probably Castro. Oh yeah, Diego Castro. Adam. Yeah. Yeah, he was a good player. Just, yeah, he's a good player. Like, you very, could tell he was always three, four steps. Yeah, ahead. very like he didn't even look that good, but he was unbelievable. He looked like slow sometimes, yeah. but he's just. And that's like, what I always say, man. Even before it came, you you sign a player, you go on Wikipedia, and this guy's played for one club his whole life. Yeah, he's a freak. Yeah, true. Because that's how I look at it these days. Yeah. If you've only played for one club or yeah. two clubs and played two hundred odd games, mate, you're unbelievable. Because imagine how many coaches have come and gone. Yeah, exactly. And you're able exactly. to consistently do it at that level. So I'd probably say him. Is yeah. he? He doesn't play anymore, does he? No, nah, no, he's retired. He's back in Spain. I think so, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, nah, he, so. he was a very good guy. He was a good guy. Yeah. Legend. 
used to, it was funny, driving to the gym one day, I knew this guy's played against all the big dogs, man. He knows all of them, like the stories he used to tell me because I used to ask him. I'm driving to the gym and beside me on a bike with a helmet, Castro. And oh, I've never laughed so much in my life. It's like, you know, they're just normal, normal people, yeah, man. Exactly. Normal Especially people. here. Yeah. yeah you <laughs> wouldn't even know, really. Bad. Um, tell us a bit about your academy. So when did it start? Yeah, so it started like, so once I came back from Japan, I always knew I wanted to coach. So mm-hmm. I always knew for a long time that I was going to fall into coaching. And it just got to the stage where I came back from Japan and I got a good offer at Dandy City. So I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll just stay here. But I stopped having that white line fever, man. Like I used to be someone at training. I used to give everything. I just I just stopped loving the game. And I was like, it's raining. Is it going to get called off? Hopefully this, that. <laughs> and that's not me, man. I wasn't doing myself any justice at all. That was not the kind of person I was or what I prided myself to be. So I just got into starting to do one-on-ones. And I guess my one-on-ones kind of took over when Bruno Fonaroli, when he was in between leaving City and going to Perth. So he had, I think it was like three months period or something like that, that he needed training. So I'd, I'd done his training sessions like daily for, I can't remember, a month or whatever kind of time it was. And I guess from that, it kind of got some traction. And obviously you work with Bruno, yeah. mm. pump it out on the socials a bit. That, yeah, yeah. We're trying to get him on the show actually. Yeah. So if you could pull some strings <laughs> yeah, for us. That, that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that kind of, and then, you know, went from there and obviously having played with a lot of the players that were still in the A-League, Socceroos, this, that, you know, they were in Melbourne. They started coming to do sessions with me and kind of the name built, you know, got, you know, built from there and it kind of is what it is today. It's I'm not saying I'm, it's the best thing in the world, but, you know, yeah, it's kind of, it's grown. It's grown, yeah, obviously which is you're good. you're a big player yourself, but when you get a big player in, maybe not anymore, but at the start we have a little bit. Nervous? Like with Bruno, man, and firstly, I was never a big player. That's the first thing. Nah, but um, <laughs> with Bruno, like I remember like oh, I'm serving, I'm like I'm passing the ball and it's like, man, I reckon I was more nervous passing him the ball in the first session <laughs> than I was when I was playing with Amy Park, man. Because I'm like, well, I can't let this him. down now, man. Yeah, I'm going to hide too. You're just like, I'm passing him the ball, bro. How's my touch here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, but my touch got good, man. I always yeah, said if I'd done one-on-ones while I played, I would have <laughs> gone further because my touch was unbelievable by the end. Yeah. He's on floor yeah, at the moment, man. Credit to DF football. even that like and that's like people think things happen just for a reason you know he was with me that period where he was leaving a club and had already signed yeah he didn't need to work hard man exactly he did not need it it was set and he would come and he would train in that hour and hour and a half when we trained he trained like a machine man yeah so like me i was actually flicking through my phone i still had some videos of us training and i was that's the difference, yeah, man. You can say, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the difference. That's the hunger. That's the desire to get better. It's, yeah, it was crazy to see. If anyone's watching at home and you want some quality training, <laughs> DF football on Instagram. <laughs> That's it. Um, so what, obviously being a coach, what's the most rewarding thing for you? It, for me, just seeing, like, in terms of kids or even the under-23 plays, you know, people fulfilling their potential. Mm. That's that's what it is for me. Like And, like, if we speak about my academy, not every play is unbelievable. Like not every player is probably even going to play NPL, but if you can help them fulfill their potential because they'll enjoy their football more, then I think that's the that's the most rewarding thing for me. If we speak more on a on a twenty three professional level, then it's again, how can I help this guy fulfill his potential? You know, how can I touch his career, and can I just yeah create a pathway for him to become a professional if that's what he wants to do? If if you do see that in someone. What's the process? Do you know what I mean? Like say someone's on the brink of a professional contract, let's say. Yeah. And they're not quite there. 
What's the process? How do you get them there? It's about changing or what I believe they can kind of change in their game. Like, cause I'll, I'll speak about a play that I had last year that now got a scholarship. Like, so Matthew Grimaldi came from Melbourne City, just on the brink, training with the seniors, this and that. And I'm not saying he got a scholarship because of me, nothing to do with that. Cause the kid does things with the ball that I couldn't even speak, you know, <laughs> so it's got nothing to do with that. But, you know, I kind of had a look and I spoke to him about why do you think it hasn't worked out there? Mm-hmm. Why do you think? So what's letting you down? Watch the games, watch training. And straight away I picked up on certain little aspects that if we can clean that up, mm. this kid will get a scholarship. And he was able, credit to himself, like I said, I'm not taking credit for it at all, but he was able to work on certain things and add that to his game and he ended up getting a scholarship now. Mm. So I believe I touched him, I helped him with that, and that's the most rewarding thing for me. Yeah, I love that, but yeah. I wish as a player that yeah, or had a coach like that, that, you know, someone would tell me straight and sit down with me, all right, you're not doing this right. Let's work on that. And I think it's so important. And, and that's the thing. It's a, and even about individuals putting it back on themselves. We're too yeah. quick to the amount of times I hear politics from oh, parents. Yeah. And this, it's politics, politics, it's politics. Look at yourself. Yeah. 100%, man. Exactly. Look at yourself. And not only that, what can I do better? What can – there's something that's lacking because if you are by far the best player day in, day out of training, you will play. Yeah. Exactly. Coach has got nothing against you. Definitely. Yeah. You've got to stand there. You've got to – and until the players do that, man, and look at themselves a bit and take responsibility for the actions, exactly. that's when they'll get somewhere. It's it's different as well because you have an academy, right? Do you like maybe early on, do you like spot a few out and you're like, maybe, maybe. Do, look, is there something you look for? I've kind of stopped doing that. Right. And I'll tell you why. Because I saw some great one-on-one players technically come in. And if I needed to do a video for DF, yeah. You're doing my video because yeah, yeah, yeah. you do not miss a pass. Your touches are immaculate. But then you'd see in the games yes. and it was the opposite. Yeah. And then I've had other people come in and I've had, I'm not going to mention names. I've had some A-League players come in where I would on the other ends be more, have more quality in the session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But these guys' output in the games is a hundred times more than whatever I have had. Mm. So I've kind of like, you can see if someone's got quality hundred percent, but until you then watch them in game scenarios, it's totally different. And I've found that slowly. Do you have like much of a say in plays you bring in to say Western United? Yeah. So more and more, like obviously they get, I get, if we see the amount of emails and CVs that I get weekly, I get heaps. I obviously filter through that. And my new role at the club as well, he's a head scout. So obviously I've got to filter through all that kind of stuff. Um, And ultimately like, it's not just me, like they come in on trial, like I, the people above me have got enough trust in me now that if I say no, nah, this player is to stay, he could stay. So I do have I do have a say, but it's not it doesn't all just fall on me, of course. So you go to watch a game. What yeah. are you looking for in a in a player in a in a prospect? Depends what I'm what kind of player I'm looking for. Like automatically, if I'm just watching a game for the sake of watching a game, it's ultimately you're watching 22 players. Mm. So you got to stand out in some way. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what position you play, you've got to do something in that game that catches my attention. So it might be defender, might even be defender, centre-back just winning a header because it's very uncommon these days or a centre-back or a right-back, someone running at him and defending well 1v1 and you winning the ball and going forwards. Mm. Or it might be a striker scoring or a midfielder receiving it on the half turn, playing forwards, a forward run, a double movement from a winger, someone that's asking for the ball, that's vocal, that wants the ball. So it's just something that catches my eye Mm -hmm. and then maybe I'll just keep a closer eye on that person throughout that game. We haven't really asked this to anyone, but no better person qualified. If you could give advice to some 
young kid watching or someone, yeah. I guess, pushing yeah. to take the next level, what's, what would it be? I think for me, it would just be just love the game, want to get better, want to con continually improve, you know, find an idol, the, watch games, you know, just kind of just, just get to know the game a lot better. Get know the game a lot better and just keep wanting to improve. Keep be wanting obsessed, to improve. Be obsessed. That's yeah. the word I was kind of looking for. Yeah. <laughs> You've helped me today, yeah. man. Two times. <laughs> I want to ask you something. Yes, right. If you could coach, like this is just hypothetically, yeah. any any team, any national team in the world, blank blank check, whatever you want. Who who would be that dream lock? Would it be dream club or someone that you think? Imagine like coaching mm. this team under under those fans, you know. One club, one national, obviously Portugal. Yeah, but for the national team, it would be Portugal. But let's yeah. say club. Who, who's someone that really? I think it would be Benfica. Benfica. Yeah, because yeah, that's my childhood team. Even though I played for Porto, <laughs> that was my yeah. childhood team. That yeah. stadium, man. Those yeah. fans. You know everything about it. That's kind of. That'd be insane. That'd be insane. And again, you just got to you got to do the steps, man. Who knows? It's like a player. You don't know. You never know. You never know. That was going to be my next question. Yeah. What's the what's the end goal? Do you have an end goal? I don't have one written down. I don't have, but ultimately, you know, I believe in myself as a coach. Where I never did as a player, to be honest. I never like I, I played like I, but I didn't truly believe myself. Like I believe, you know, in myself as a coach and the kind of beliefs that I have and the thought of the way that I would like to see football being played. So, you know, I believe. Given you know, if I keep doing well. And it's not even just about results, but it's about people speak. Again, football's a small world. Sure. That ultimately I would love to coach one of the big clubs in Europe. That's what I would, I would love to do. I think that's a well, – yeah. you, you have to have that mentality. Yeah. There's no point like exactly. boxing yourself in, oh, I yeah. just want to coach like, you know, youth league, whatever. If you have that vision, you never know, yeah. man. With but work, I do with, believe in steps, man. Like the same 100%. way we're speaking about kids, that their dream is Europe, but they forget about Australia. Like, oh, I know sure. my steps. I know that from now the realistic step for me and what I would love is to be an assistant of an A-League club. 100%. Then eventually be a coach of an A-League club. Sure, sure. Then maybe yeah. there, then maybe there or whatever. Like, yeah. It wasn't, I think Jose Mourinho was a school teacher. Yeah, some of them. So yeah. it shows you, man. Like, he went yeah. from the bottom dealing he's the, with He's kids. the best, by the way. Yeah. And then he's just, the man. He's the king. 100%. It's he's all about steps, man. He's, 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 he's the king. I think you've quality. got an advantage, though, because you've done it. You've played at the level, mm. but you came from here, similar to sort of experiences we had. Yeah. You were just another boy from the area. Yeah, 100%. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. You haven't come from, say, a lot of these big coaches like Europe, Netherlands, you know how we yeah. try and implement that Dutch, all, all the rest of it. Yeah. You're just like anyone else trying to make it. Yeah. And you can see the things that people need and kids need a push in this direction, a pullback in that direction. So I think, you know, you go on in the right direction. I appreciate it, man. Now it's about the kids, man, because you yeah. can give the advice and give the feedback. If they want it, they want it. Exactly. If they don't, it's like what I always say, man, like people, kids that come and do one-on-ones with me. Is that going to improve them as a player? It'll improve them. But is it going to be the reason why they'll make it? It's not going to be the reason why they'll make it. They would have made it anyway. They'll just be better in certain areas. They might make it to a next level. But if you're going to make it, you're going to make it. That's the reality because it comes comes from it has to come from within. Definitely, unbelievable chat, my friend. It's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> pleasure. We could speak Thank all day you. about football. We can, <laughs> we could, but you know, Brandon's got to go. Home. Nah, that's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, he's already gone. He's already gone, man. <laughs> <laughs> he cut it. <laughs> so thank you once again, man. Pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure.
No. no if you haven't already, all. once again, make sure you follow us on Spotify, YouTube, DF Football on Instagram. Don't forget. If you want to be a superstar. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take back everything I've said to now. You need to do one-on-ones. <laughs> exactly. Make sure. Um, thank you once again. Uh, been a pleasure as always. And we'll see you next episode.